Hi, I'm Alex, and I'm super. She is super, and I am natural today. And oh. I will be the Dr. Junkie. You are definitely well, you're, a junkie. You're going to have to be a junkie ninja. Junkie ninja. Dr. Junkie ninja. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And we are the Supernatural, supernatural junkies. junkies. Coming at you. Hey, folks, this is Dr. Kevin Cruz giving you another pump because guess what? The Supernatural Junkies are on Rumble. All you have to do is go to Rumble, go to search, and when you search for channels, you look for Supernatural Junkies, and all of our stuff is going to start popping up. It's great because you're going to be able to see the links. You'll get to see exactly why we are saying what we're saying. But most importantly, this is a great way to share with your family and your friends exactly why we are living in prophetic times and why we cannot give up access to our body. to Supernatural Junkies. This is Alex. I'm here with Dr. Kevin. And we have a special guest. Very special guest. We're sans the other junkies, That's which means they're not here. But they will be missed. That's right. They're Dr. Dennis spirit. and Dr. Dozier will not be here today because we have somebody that's even more special than they are. Uh-oh, they're going to be jealous. The trash talk has started. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He's always starting stuff, isn't he? <laughs> well, it's better when they can't, you know, they yeah, can't argue back. They can't fight back. All right. Who's our special guest today, Kev? So we have uh, Tim Williams with right. Protect Our Children Project, and he is the special state uh, speaker for Protect special Our Children. Special state spokesman for Florida. That's right. See, so <laughs> she's she's my editor-in-chief, and that's why I need <laughs> her. keep him on track. <laughs> that's right. Tim, uh, how are you doing today, buddy? Good. Welcome, good. by the way. Thank you. He is here for a very important reason, right? Why don't you tell us a little, before we get into it too deep, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Okay. Um, I've been a business owner for the past 34 years. I married a school teacher uh, 30 years ago. Um, I have two children and two grandchildren. And um, I spent my whole life building a business and realizing that the business that I'm building is not mine. Uh, I finally realized that it's God's business and I'm just the manager. Amen. And over a course of 10, 12 years, I realized that there was a calling on my life and the calling on my life was to inspire and prepare our county for a revival. Amen. And so in doing that, I understood that there was a lot that had to be done and that he was going to give me a specific task to do. Um, and that before we could start the task, he had to prepare me. And there was about five things in my life that had to change. One of them was tithing. Uh, one of them was losing the foul language. Uh, one of them was, uh, right, you know, me, making, you said that. <laughs> making, uh, making a, building a, 
a relationship with God and being the uh, leader in my family, the spiritual leader in my family. And uh, it would, happened over a, a five or six week period of that I, I had made this transformation and then I started to see the power of God. As I began to pray for people, I started seeing God answer the prayers, including, mm. including wow. healing. So when I asked the Lord um, to tell me what it means for what revival means, um, he inspired me to do the reading on it. And I went to Nehemiah and I found my inspiration there in the book of Nehemiah as I watched a brokenhearted man trying to rebuild um, a nation. Mm. And uh, so I wanted to do the same thing. So I began to uh, minister to the people of our county. And wow, that's going to be popular. You know, the, uh, the nation could be rechanged if we just had a lot of brokenhearted men. Yes, yes. <laughs> what would happen in the world if, if that happened? Now, this may be crazy to some people, and it was certainly crazy to me, but that was my inspiration was, is, okay, I first got to understand how to establish a wall around the county. And how I did it was as I went around the county staking every road and putting a scripture on that stake and driving it in the ground. And I drove uh, about 140 stakes in the ground all the way around our county over a three-year period. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so then the next phase was the billboards. So we had a billboard campaign and we began to to put together a Jesus billboard campaign. And today we've had over 144 billboards put up. And then I was given my most recent project when I was uh, three years ago. I was exposed to pornography uh, on my phone. I didn't realize that you had access to that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So I knew that 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 was troublesome for me and for many, many men. And so I immediately went down to my provider, my Internet service provider, and I asked him, you know, did you know that you that I have full access to pornography on this phone? And they said, yeah. And I said, <laughs> did well, they laugh at you? <laughs> they did. Yeah, I bet. And so I asked them, I said, well, nobody told me that that I would be possibly exposed to pornography. And I've read the uh, Internet service agreement and there's nothing on there that says anything about me possibly being exposed to pornography. And there's nothing on there that says what I need to do to keep myself or my children safe from it. Well, he said, well, there's a simple uh, fix. Um, we just go into the screen time settings and we set the parental controls into the on position. Um, and you are set up, given a password. And that password is something you don't want to share with your children so that your children can turn on and off the screen time settings. And, and that took care of the problem. Mm. So what it, it, it made me ask the question, um, what, what is being done about that? I mean, we, we're just handing these phones over to our children. Parents are not realizing the, the potential for this type of um, graphic uh, material. And I really think that parents are not negligent. I think they just don't have the proper information. And, and until the, the government is willing to uh, set the boundaries and, and, and enforce the laws that are already in place, we're going to have a continual epidemic of mental health crisis with our with our children. So, um, I went uh, home and I was frustrated and asked the Lord, you know, here we have this enormous um, problem and I'm just this little cabinet guy 
and I'm trying to figure out what my role is in this. Why did the Lord expose me to this? Why is the Lord asking me or having me ask these questions? And then I'm getting these answers that are so insane um, that I, I, I actually, I prayed and I remember it to this day. I was facing the north in my living room or in my kitchen and I was sitting at a kitchen table that we have in there and there was this news article that my wife had, had put in front of me she didn't put it in front of me for me to look at it it really was just that she was just putting it out of the way I don't read the paper I don't like reading the paper it, it really bothers me to see so much negativity however there on the front page was a boy he was 17 years old and at age 12 he was addicted to pornography and at age 17 he was convicted of raping a two-year-old child oh my gosh and when i read the article it said very first line that he's being tried as an adult the child had to go through three surgeries and that this boy was addicted to pornography at age 12 and i heard in the back of my mind where did this boy get a hold of pornography at the age of 12? And then I realized that the Lord was calling me to this field. And so I began writing letters to the FTC, the FCC, the DOJ, the Internet Service Providers, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, um, Spectrum, and I began to send copies of this newspaper article. I reached out to my newspaper um, lady and she brought me 50 copies of this um, paper and uh, what was crazy is is I the day she that I, I called her and asked her to give them could you get me some of the newspaper articles she said yeah, I might have a few laying around here well then that night I couldn't sleep so I get up in the middle of the night now I say it's about five in the morning and I'm sitting in my office and there is a person standing at my front door at five in the morning and so I, I go to the front door and I look through the pee hole and there it peephole there is this uh, man standing there with a case of those newspapers, and he said I just wanted to let you know I bring I brought these by to you. The newspaper lady said you needed these. Mm. And so what are the odds of me getting up and going into my office and this guy standing at my door at 5 a.m with a handful of these papers, these newspaper articles, because I didn't want to run copies. I don't know what the legal ramifications are for running a copy and then publicizing the copy um, with a person's picture on it, especially a, a, a teenager. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I was using the actual article. And so the actual article was sent to the DOJ, the FTC, the FCC, um, and um, all of these internet service providers, as well as cell phone manufacturers, we've got two of them that are that are pro uh, the predominant ones, and that is uh, Apple and uh, the uh, Android or LG, and those are the two primary phone manufacturers. And I only got one response back from all of them. I one. take it back. I took I got two responses, one from AT and T, and one from Apple. Apple sent me a claim number. That's all they did. They sent me a claim number, and that was it. I don't. I still today don't know what that means. I've tried to call them, but they they won't return my phone call. So, with AT and T, uh, during my time of conversation with them, I realized that this is going nowhere. So I reached out to FTC and said I'd like to file a formal complaint against AT and T. 
And they said, on what grounds? And I said, well, I've been misinformed. I bought a phone, and I didn't know I would have access to Internet pornography. I was exposed to pornography, and I want to know what they're going to do about changing these law or changing these rules or laws that they, that they have a, a, a screen time setting there that why don't they at least educate the parent or the buyer? Well, you know, this has really been an issue. If you're a parent, okay, yeah. we are already aware of this issue. You know, I, I mean, what you're going through, I mean, this is exactly what I feel like I've been through. And more importantly, when you think about, you know, what are the solutions, you're going after the people that are putting these phones out. These are the people that put the software together. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see why is it, why isn't it the other way? Like, mm-hmm. why, why is it, why shouldn't it be set to the safest of safest of safest modes, right? Why shouldn't you as a parent have or as an adult go in and specifically say you want this kind of stuff so you see this bias that that they've set this phone up fully knowing you know what they're going to do but but the fact that you only got two responses Mm -hmm. you know i i feel like it's it's part of satan's plan it's it's to this world it seems like we're inundated with that porn isn't it i mean it's everywhere yes and in the internet at some point especially early days was like the wild west but in some ways you know we have come so far but it is still the wild west and that trying to stop these things because what what really what ramifications what stops them what laws stop them they're not bound by anything yet we're people say we're still figuring it out well Mm -hmm. and think about it's not just your cell phone but the whole internet works that way Mm -hmm. why isn't that you they already have everything set for its safe settings Mm -hmm. on everything Mm -hmm. right where none of this stuff even happens you should have to go in and have a special button to click and say you want this but no they take the worst of the worst and the search engines are going to throw this in your face okay Mm -hmm. that's what's going to happen you are the one who has to take the precaution and they don't know right who and what and when and how old oh, yeah. these people are. I mean, are. have you ever Googled anything with your safe search off? Because you guys, in case you didn't know, you can put a safe search on for Google. But if you don't and you happen to put in something that, you know, is one of the porn terms, like even like, you know, that you don't even know, the craziest stuff comes up. Well, you were seeing that sometimes kids, you know, are looking something on their phone like Home Depot. If you have the settings set, it could actually flag that. But why shouldn't it be the other way? Like if I want to include something beyond what would be a normal person, why shouldn't I have to click the button to view that? Because we've normalized porn everywhere. That's what I'm saying. We're, we're normalizing it. And, and we're teaching classes like porn literacy right. to mm-hmm. children. But mm-hmm. that's like, that's just like a store. Mm-hmm. This is what you're arguing. What are you doing to protect people? We can put this pressure on these companies because they're showing porn mm-hmm. to kids that are not legal to go out and, let's say, buy a Playboy magazine. They couldn't go do it, and yet they can see something 10 times worse immediately. Why isn't there something there? What do you think, Tim? Well, if you take, let's, let's, let's just take the cigarette, for instance. In 1973, the um, Surgeon General dis- discovered that this, this smoking was bad for your health. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, before they were able to put a mandate um, warning on the package of cigarettes, the cigarette companies came together and said, we can't sell cigarettes anymore without the filter. So we're going to put a filter on it. Mm. And so they put the filter on. Now, this was all designed by them, not by enforced by any laws. But they knew a law was coming. 
So they put these filters on there to filter out some of the nicotine, some of the tar, but still not enough to keep the cigarette from being uh, considered to be harmful. However, then it wasn't, but it, it was about six years later that the Surgeon General said, we're going to put a warning on the front of this package of cigarettes, and, and we're going to be specific about what dangers you can expect from smoking. And it went on to, to put a Surgeon General warning on it. I really think that, that it needs to be the same thing with the cell phone. I think you need, whenever you turn that phone on, and if it goes to a, a screen mode where it's just a, you know, a screensaver mode, it needs to say on there, Surgeon General says that you, know, you can be exposed to pornography on this, and here's some of the side effects that you can expect from it and children, and, and just be very explicit on how bad this stuff is to people that are exposed. Yes, isn't that interesting? Because you know you're talking about the known benefits, or I mean the known uh, negative side effects of getting involved with some of this stuff. And so this is a perfect example: cigarettes. You know, mm-hmm. and and this is this is what we're saying. But I just this is when you realize that these people, you can't go buy this stuff if you're a little kid, but you can get it immediately. And that's where these people that have been making these programs from Google to Apple to Bing to iPhone to to Android, every one of them, they're all complicit in doing this to us, and they know it's harmful. And and we really need to start some kind of action against them. So, you know, I feel like that's what you were trying to do in some of what you're saying. Well, I think that education is one of the key components, but I think the education really needs to start with our government enforcing education meaning that it, it, it starts by going to the internet service providers as well as the cell phone manufacturers and making them enforcing the law. There are two laws that are really big right now, and one of them is called Section 230. It was actually, it was actually founded and, and put together by a couple of congressmen back in 1989, believe it or not, that saves the internet service provider. It, it exempts them from... Um, liability of of exposure to pornography that's what it's all about Mm. and that was designed to increase and enhance the the art world so to speak of the internet being a, a global and giving a different cultures their ability to express their cultures that's what it was really originally designed for However, they're still today, uh, they did an amendment in 2000, but it was a very small amendment to the Section 230. But so the Section 230 still says to this day that um, cell phone manufacturers as well as Internet service providers are not liable for third-party content. Mm -hmm. However, there is a section from the DOJ, which is actually mandated and regulated by the FTC, that's called section five and section five is saying that if you omit to tell it to express any type of danger that this particular device or toy or whatever that you're fixing to sell is considered to be a health risk you have to disclose what that health risk is and how to prevent it from being being exposed and they're not doing that Mm. and if you look at this article or this letter that was written by Four congressmen, two, three men and one woman, two are 
former U.S. Attorney General William Barr expressing the great concern for um, mental health risk on our children, even well as our adults being exposed to pornography and having such an easily, readily available and actually accidentally falling across it when searching for something completely unrelated. Once a kid sees violent internet pornography, they can't unsee it. And it takes them down the line of teen pornography and even adolescent pornography and even rape and even uh, multiple rapes. And it's so easy to, to have access to that. And nobody seems to want to talk about it. Even congressmen, even um, House of Representatives, even senators, even no one wants to talk about this. So if I call them up today and I ask any one of them, they're going to refer me back to my local congressman. Mm. And so we know some of the effects of this, but um, just just to mention a few like you did before, obviously exposure to porn, um, we know that serial killers, and this is true, that um, most serial killers, the one thing that they all have in common was early exposure to pornography. Um, so at sometimes five, six, seven years old before their brain could really comprehend what was happening. And as you mentioned, that um, use of pornography tends to create apathy and, and increased violence towards women um, because a lot of porn is extremely violent towards women. About 80% of it is actually considered to be violent. Wow. Well, and Alex was showing with us a story earlier about you know some other things with where porn can really go. Oh, uh, the, are we talking about that weird article in Evie magazine that yes. starts talking? So the latest trend in, in, I guess they're calling it vile porn, is mixing porn with abortion. Yes. I, I don't, I, I just don't, my brain can't even wrap itself around that statement. It's, but it's in Evie magazine this month. Um, you can check them out online if you want to. Uh, they're a Christian magazine, by the way, and that's why they're writing about this. They want people to know. But, um, and there's other, there, this lends itself to mental health issues in young people. And there's an explosion of mental health issues, by the way, right now. But mm -hmm. doesn't it have a, it, it, for children that see porn? Well, you have Dr. Um, Sharon Cooper, who is the, she is the pediatric forensic um, professor from the University of North Carolina. And she wrote an article that was inspired and published by the American Bar Association. And in the article, there was a couple of things on there that really struck a chord with me. And it was adolescents, children 10 to 17 years old, being exposed to pornography had the equivalency of a high from, from heroin or cocaine. Wow. And the addiction rate was higher than meth for a, for a boy between the ages of 10 and, and 17. But she says in the article, and this is a warning to the attorneys, that when they have a case where they are representing an adolescent and the adolescent is being accused of some sort of sexual crime, that they are not to pre-label the child until an investigation is done to determine whether the child has been exposed to pornography. Mm. If the child has been exposed to pornography, you cannot prosecute that child. That child needs mental help. She, sa she goes on to say that if they would just set the parental control, you would see an immediate 40% drop in children being exposed to pornography. Wow. So he's going to go over with us exactly how you guys can do that. So if you're listening and saying, I need to do that. Well, uh, let, let me, let me say a couple things here. But number one, um, you know, I got to hear you speak before, Tim. 
And I will tell you, I don't know how many hours I had to spend. And we didn't have cell phones for our kids, but we had the iPads. And oh my goodness, it is very difficult to set up a family. And then you have to go into every single one and try and figure out what this family sharing plan is. Yeah, we're not not necessarily techie people. it It is not intuitive. And then you get in there and after all these settings, then you start to go in and test these settings. Okay, what does this really do? What is it better? So you do all these little searches and yada, yada, yada. And of course, now your kids, I mean, they're not ready to see anything the teenagers should see. Mm-hmm. And so then, of course, I ended up getting Kaspersky's kids um, program, yep. put it on our iPads, blah, blah, blah. But I am telling you, Tim, I felt like I spent 40 hours researching just how to figure <laughs> out. And yeah. I can't even recommend Kaspersky kids either. Oh. which is the one we've used but then you find out how quickly how clever your children really are to bypass those things because i mean even if you're not tech oriented they're far better at figuring out how to get what they want than we're figuring out how to guard them from that and you can see i mean and here we are we're trying to do the right thing but it is difficult there's not a lot of programs now there's some new ones yeah it's a headache inducing i'm looking at a new one and it basically it's one program that will work on their computers and their iPhones and then does the whole thing. So it is really, and that's why what we just got our kid phones, uh, kids' phones this year. And uh, they were 13 and 15. And um, I didn't actually put the Safari app on there mm-hmm. for, for now. And same thing with YouTube. You know, yeah, they they're not allowed on social media. They're not allowed on the YouTube or the, uh, or the internet. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to bring this up because um, in one of the programs that we watched, I think the creepy line or one of those social media documentaries, they were saying that the suicide rate amongst 11-year-olds from viewing mm-hmm. uh, porn and mm-hmm. social media has jumped to at least quadruple what it was prior to this all this social media and porn being you know something mm-hmm. that was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that should horrify everyone. There's 11-year-olds that are being exposed to this stuff that are suicidal. Yeah, and well, social media is almost like porn. Oh, it is, right? Well, you know, with one of the crazy things that um, Sharon, Dr. Sharon Cooper talks about is 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 the um, the enhancement of um, wanting to take their own life, and the reason why she says is there is a thing in the brain called a neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. and this neuroplasticity is actually a part of the brain that is soft; it's not fully developed yet, so it creates the standards by what they're exposed to. So it creates the standard that if I'm exposed to an elderly man having sex with a teenager, then my grandpa might do that same thing. Now I can't trust him. And now I'm seeing I'm seeing three or four men on one woman and three or four women on one man. And the next thing you know, I'm starting to think maybe my mom and my dad might be doing this kind of thing. Mm. And the next thing you know, they develop that becoming the new standard. And now I can't trust them. And once you can't Um. trust them, they go in and they spiral into this darkness and become isolated. They don't want to be around people. Their grades drop. It's, It's horrific. And what ends up happening is they become addicted to the pornography and they're so embarrassed by the actual addiction of it that they don't tell anybody, but they can't get rid of it. Their mm-hmm. mind becomes actually a state of robotic is the way it's been described by a psychologist is that it becomes robotic. And when that becomes robotic, then the robotic says, go ahead and take your own life. 
because you're just not going to be able to ever face society again. And they don't realize that, they're, that, that, that hundreds of thousands of children all across our country are facing this same addiction, and nobody wants to tell mom, nobody wants to tell dad, and they get no help. Wow. wow. And we haven't brought up the other side of um, pornography and children being exposed to this. Uh, there's a huge amount of sex trafficking that happens as a result of this, that it is a huge part of it. It keeps that train rolling, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of it is child porn child yeah. se- and these are these are usually sex trafficked victims well the cdc had put out an article about six months ago stating that 80 percent of the victims of child pornography of child sex trafficking are groomed and recruited on porn websites 80 percent really so when you're talking about wow. um, a, a child viewing pornography there's this chat box and so somebody comes in there and says hey i'm I'm 12, I'm 13 years old, what's your name? The next thing to know, the child is going to believe them. Most most pedophiles are really good at descri- or, or at deceiving people. As we know, that, that it, the devil is, says it, it, he's the master of deception. And so to get in there and destroy a family by taking out the child, it, 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 the, the rate of divorce because of taking out a child is 83%, I believe. It, it, and then, so you can kind of see wow. where the diminishing of the child or the putting the child into a set of trauma where he is now labeled as a considered to be a threat or a pedophile or whatever that child is going to be labeled as. Next thing you know, mom and dad, they need support and they're not going to get it from each other because they're both fighting the same battle. So mm-hmm. they end up going somewhere else to get that, to get that um, support that they need and end up mm-hmm. in divorce. So this is a big, huge issue. It's not just an issue about our children and about keeping them safe. It's also about our families. Right. Well, and you think back, to me, what I don't understand is when they they say, well, we don't have any responsibility here because you clicked a button. And I'm going to go, well, wait a minute. What exactly did you verify about the person that clicked the button? I mean, it's the craziest thing ever. Any little kid can click that button. What was your job to what? Verify the identity of the person that's actually clicking. Who owns this thing? You see what I'm saying? This is where the, there's a problem in, in the liability. You know, that's where I would attack this. Well, I don't, and I'm not speaking for these guys, but I don't know if you guys have ever been onto a porn site, right? But let's say you have. Let's say you just go on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't, this is what happens. You go on there. You, you literally just go onto the screen mm-hmm. and all of a sudden 50 pop-up screens with h- more hardcore, weirder porn mm-hmm. keep, and you try and shut them down because you're like, no, no, that's not what I meant to do. But like, it just keeps opening one after the other. So you shut the one window, but there's another 10 that just opened up on their own. And I can tell you this, if you go on there, let's say if you're a, a, a porn addict or a person that, who's addicted to watching pornography. Now keep in mind, we got 70% of our men and it's 70 percent of this is a recent statistic um 70 percent of our men including pastors struggle with pornography and when you're on there you can go into an area where it's two adults just casual sex and within literally four or five scrolls down you're into teenagers Mm. um 
men on men, women on women. It's just the craziest stuff ever. And now, now you're saying that my child has access to that. Not only is adults indulging in it, but also the children. So the adults that are indulging in it, they don't want to be proactive because it's mm. part of their lifeline. And not to mention the fact that they're embarrassed by even saying that they've actually watched it. Wow. Uh, you know, I've heard a, another statistic of people, young people that are actually of dating age. And um, there's so much porn going around, especially amongst that mm-hmm. age group, mm-hmm. that the men actually have a hard time having a normal relationship with their spouse if they view too much porn. It, it, it affects their ability to enjoy being with their spouse. They get jaded by it almost to where they can't get Absolutely. pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we have a situation where somebody says, well, you clicked on the button, you should know better than that. That's like telling me, okay, now I've got a fan for my child and the fan has metal blades on it, but there's no guard. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm supposed to say, okay, now the kid, now to my kid, you can turn that switch on and off, but well, you, you might be want to be careful because those blades are extremely sharp and can cut you. Are you really kidding what, me? Yeah, You're not parent? going to put a guard around right. that? Right. Yeah. What parent well, would allow that? I mean, there's no way. I mean, you could just innocently look up swimsuits for example mm-hmm. and all of a sudden boom yep right and then if you click any of one of those sites again all of a sudden you're seeing things you don't want to see at mm-hmm. all right and then like she says some of them are set up to pop 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 um you know most of them this is the way yeah. that it is so you can see you know these are these are all things that people don't even want to see and now they're being forced to see them and there's no guards like there's no handrails there's no the, the blade is just spinning if you look up the word cool whip you can end up on a porn website in about two seconds flat yeah. now now to some people that's intriguing unfortunately you got to remember that your child your child has the same access that you do mm-hmm. that's right. Un- unless you have the internet safety program turned on and i highly recommend you go down to your internet service provider and make them turn it on that way mm. you know your child is safe. Don't try to do it yourself. Go down to the internet service provider. You pay them good money. Tell them, hey, my kid's being exposed. I can't believe, first of all, that you would sell this to me without warning me. Then second of all, I can't believe that you'd give me this phone and ha- let my child have access to such mm. filth. Why in the world? And get mad. Get up in their face and make them turn that thing on. Mm. Mm. And, you know, my, my thing is you go there, but it's complete like blankness from them. They don't, they probably find it funny. Like mm-hmm. this person does, because mm-hmm. if 70% of them are viewing porn, they're like, you're a joke. What, right. what are you, a toddler? Yep. You're like, no, but my toddler can get porn. So yep. you're saying take your phone down to the store and make them check all the settings. But also make them, you know, go, yeah, for your internet stuff. Mm-hmm. Have, I didn't know they would do that. You know, if you order your phone like so many people do now, they'll order them on um, Amazon or wherever they order from AT&T, Spectrum, whoever, they will not turn the parental controls on in the on position for you on on the Internet. I mean, if you buy that phone on the Internet, the only way you can get it done is to take it down to the store and make the tech turn it on after you've purchased the phone. Wow. So it's really key. If you think about it, Okay, so we had uh, infant death became a huge problem um, with automobile accidents. They called them missiles because the kid was yeah. typically in the back seat, standing up or in mom's lap in a lot of in a lot of instances. And so in the sev- in the seventies, they came out with uh, car seats, mm. and these car seats were just suggestions. Um, seat belts yeah. were just we a suggestion. <laughs> 
So, and, and then later on, we got now we've got hundreds of millions of cars on the road, and so now they, they, the law has changed. Mm-hmm. But there was a time when, the, when it was just a car seat was suggestion, and then the DOT got involved, and then the, um, the Florida Department of, uh, uh, of Justice got involved, and then the, um, the, 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 the state patrol, Florida State Patrol or whatever state you're living in, be, got involved, and they realized that these deaths are huge. They're huge numbers. And then they made it a law that you can't pick your child up from the hospital without having an infant car seat. Yep. You can't. Yeah. Why can't we say that the same way? You're not getting your baby. You're not getting this child without a car seat. That's right. Come back with a car seat. And then the same scenario, you're not getting this phone without the internet service, I mean, without the parental controls turned to the on position. You're not getting it. Period. It's a law. It would be so easy to reverse this. Oh, you want to see porn? Well, here, click this button. Yep, it'll, why, it'll why be it'll be every, more like it'll be more like you'll have a you don't have a four or six pat code password, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you if the kid breaks the passcode, it immediately notifies the administrator, whoever that person is, mm-hmm. immediately says, "Hey, he's he's turned it off," mm-hmm. and periodically your child's going to come to you and say, "I can't get on this website." You look at it. If the website is safe, then you then you type it in. You type in the passcode, but do not let them see that passcode. Yeah, yeah. Right. We have we have a safe search on to where it noti- they has restricted sites and it mm-hmm. notifies us if they try and break that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. that's of course a great time for having conversations, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. with your kids, you need to have some way of knowing because I'm telling you, they need to know that this stuff is really really bad. It's worse than drugs. Yeah. Uh-huh. So how so besides going directly to um, the providers and saying you turn it on, you have a sheet here from the what is it, Sheriff Grady Judd. Um, it is uh, from the Protect Your Children's Project, right? And mm-hmm. on on this sheet, we're going to po- have to post that QR code on the show notes mm-hmm. um, so that people can actually do that. You can scan it in, and it shows you how to install install excuse me the wow. parental controls on your smartphones. Alex so. actually said a word wrong. Yeah, I Usually know. I'm, I'm <sighs> somewhere around fifty words, and <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're going to have access to that. Um, and actually, you can go to our website, which is yeah. um, which is pocp.org, and it will take you through step-by-step instructions on how to turn on the parental controls. I'm going to tell you what, it, it, in my opinion, if if you if you don't want to go down to the internet service provider, you need to find somebody you trust that's uh, that's that has that has um, cell phone capabilities that really knows a cell phone keep in mind they're going to tell you everybody's going to tell you that kids are really super savvy today we're not going to go out there and save 100 percent of them but i'm going to tell you you will save the kids who are accidentally running across this that could potentially turn into our next ted bundy that's right so it's quick right well it is and it isn't i'm i'm just going to say so our kids got their cell phones for this last christmas and i was like it it wasn't like I couldn't let them play with it that day. I spent most of Christmas Day just trying to figure out how to do this, you know. And, and that's where you need somebody who's really technically smart. And here's what I would say: if that guy cost you a hundred bucks to come in and make your kids safe, is it worth a hundred bucks to oh, you? Most definitely. And there are so many people out there that. that you can trust that will set it up and give you the most possible protection you could possibly have. And notifying you when a kid, when your kid's taken in a wrong turn, mm. I'm telling you, getting it early is the key. 
and trying to establish a preventative um, a way to keep them kids safe is 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 vital. Well, I like I said, my argument is simple. Um, you should have to verify who you are before you click something that allows this to happen. And if they if you can't verify that, then it should have been set to the safest mode possible mm-hmm. from the factory. That whole system should be reversed so that you know. But because otherwise, they're just saying, "Hey, here's a mower." Mm-hmm. We're not going to verify your age. Here, mm-hmm. Here's a car. Go drive it without Absolutely. your age. That's what we're doing. If you don't going to verify the identity, your little uh, click here and accept your agreement mm-hmm. doesn't somehow then make them unliable. And that's why right. I, I just think about it. But it is, it's astonishing to me. I, I'm going to say I have at least 40 hours into trying to figure out how to keep your computer and the cell phone safe, mm-hmm. you know, and it would be so simple for them to do that. One thing that we have, have seen uh, is is that immediately after they enforced the law on the car seats. So um, the car seat, one day it was an option. Then the next day it was every hospital in the country had to abide by this law. There were serious consequences, serious penalties. If a nurse were to put a child in a car without a car restraint, without a proper car seat, now that mean that means that it had to be certified that it will protect that child that it had been fastened in correctly. Mm-hmm. There was a three hundred percent drop in ninety days wow. of children being killed in car accidents. Wow. A three hundred percent drop. That's amazing. Yeah, and and to this day, you can go to the police department and t- have them put your seat in or. Mm-hmm. watch you do it right tell you mm-hmm. how to do it correctly and Correct. check it for you to make sure that you have it incorrect like it is so um normal a thing to just go to the police department and say hey can you check mm-hmm. this child's um mm-hmm. car seat for me they'll do it like so why something that is so devastating mm-hmm. to children why are there no safety measures in place for that well and it's important you said that there's a lot of laws that are out there but nobody's making them even enforce it well, you know, we we um, in uh, two years ago, I filed a a, a formal uh, what they call an informal complaint against my internet service provider, and I filed it through the FTC and the FCC. So two of they both have their own application. So there was this um, letter that was sent through through the FTC to my internet service provider. My internet service provider then went back to sent a letter of reply to the FTC. The FTC sent it to me, and I said, this is not acceptable. They're dodging the question. They're dodging the question. I want to know what is being done to eliminate the possibilities of our kids being exposed to pornography. I, and, and they're not. They're, they're mm-hmm. not saying anything. So I sent it back to her. She sent it from FTC to my internet service provider. They sent another letter back. I said, this is the same letter. Mm. So third time I said, okay, now what happens? What happens? When, when do we stop? When do we stop playing the, 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 the letter game and let's get down to business. And the FTC said this to me, she said, okay, we're from here. If you don't, if you're not in agreement with their, with their letter, you don't, this is not sufficient information for you, then we will hire what they call an arbitrator to talk between the two of you and you will meet in Washington, D.C., the two of you, and you will hash this out. And I said, all right, I'm ready to do it. Yes, she good. said, are you, uh, uh, are you in a position to, to fly to Washington, D.C.? I said, I love that place. 
I will get on a plane tomorrow and talk to a, a an internet service provider um, rep about this program. And I just want to, I'm just I'm just interested in, in finding out how they were exempt from the the Section Five. And she said to me these exact words. If you want to go up against your internet service provider, you better have millions of dollars. And I said, I do. Your money. Mm -hmm. This the, it, the law is your law that they're not enforcing, that mm -hmm. they're not that they're not abiding by. Why do I got to pay for you to enforce your law? What did she say? What they say? She said, well, "This conversation's over with and hung <gasps> up." Wow. We're talking about we're dealing with the FTC and the FCC and the DOJ and huge cahoots with each other. And nobody wants to say this, but they all need to be held accountable. That's, that's where the, that's where the head of the snake is honest to God. Well, you've but, got to cut off that head of that snake and you've got to hold them accountable and you can sue the DOJ. Yep. And if you talk about all of the parents out there that right now they're picking up the pieces from their kids, not to mention law officers that are enforcing those laws and watching these kids' lives being devastated mm -hmm. and all of the repercussions that are coming from it, and you take that entire group of people and march down to DOJ, you don't think that they'll get a suit on them? Mm. And it's going to take a lot of people to get mad enough to go down there and do something about it. Yeah. yeah. But the DOJ, unfortunately, is the head of this snake. They are not enforcing the law, and by not enforcing the law, our kids are being devastated and literally taking their own lives. And not only that, but you heard it here, this is our government, okay? And, and these are some of the things that we've been discovering, not just with what, what happened with COVID, not just what happened here, but some of these Twitter dumps, some of these things that are happening, we're starting to see that the, the our own Department of Defense was censoring things. And here you can see their own government is being complicit in, in distributing pornography to children. They're not enforcing the laws. And this is what we're up against. Our own government is not doing what it said it was supposed to do, which is to protect the people. So in this letter that was written by four congressmen, three, three men, one woman, to, the, uh, to William uh, Barr, the former attorney general, this was written on December the 6th and 2019. So it was really before the COVID crisis. Mm -hmm. um, so they sent this letter and the response, so I contacted, I got this by the way, from a, um, a person who works for the state attorney's office. And he told me, don't say where you got this from. So, I mean, I'm pub putting on public air now. I did not mention the person's name. However, this is the letter that he gave me. And the first thing, when I showed this to my congressman, he said, where'd you get this letter? Mm. Where'd you get it? I said, well, forget about where I got it. Is the letter legit? He said, yeah, it's legit. I said, so what is the response from William Barr? And the response he sent me was two weeks later, they received a letter and he said, we've got it. We'll go. We'll look into it. And so I asked the, uh, the congressman, I said, hey, so what has happened since then? And he says, um, I don't know. I'll get back with you. What laws are they saying that are not being enforced? Um, I'm not sure. Why don't you call your local college and see if they're doing research on this? I said, are you kidding me? Mm. Are you kidding me? This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm a constituent. I was the one that vote for people to be in office. And you're telling me that I need to go somewhere where I'm not supposed to go to find information about something that you should know about. Why is this? What is going on here? This is crazy nonsense. Yep. So can we read the, the letter? Sure. Can I'm I read let it? you read it. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. 
So this is to the Honorable William Barr, Attorney General. It says, Dear Attorney General Barr, we write to you today out of concern for the rule of law as well as the welfare of our people. The internet and other evolving technologies are fueling the explosion of obscene pornography by making it more accessible and visceral. This explosion of pornography in pornography coincides with an increase in violence towards women and an increase in the volume of human trafficking as well as child pornography. Victims are not limited to those directly exploited, however, and include society writ large. The phenomenon is especially harmful to youth who are being exposed to obscene pornography at an exponentially younger ages. Fortunately, U.S. obscenity laws exist that if enforced can ameliorate, I'm sorry if I said that wrong, this problem. As you well know from your previous term as U.S. Attorney General, when you effectively shut down the pornography industry and dramatically decrease child pornography in America. Those U.S. laws prohibit distribution of obscene pornography on the internet on cable slash satellite TV in hotels slash motels by retail or wholesale establishments and by common carrier. Yet the enforcement of obscenity laws was stopped by the Obama administration when Attorney General Eric Holder disbanded the obscenity prosecution task force in the criminal division. In August 2016, then-candidate Donald J. Trump signed the first-ever anti-pornography pledge. This asserted that if elected, President Trump would enforce federal obscenity laws to stop the explosion of obscene pornography. This pledge has so far been ignored by the Trump administration with the result that the harms of illegal pornography have continued unabated, affecting children and adults so acutely to the point that 15 state legislatures have declared that pornography is causing a public health crisis. It is imperative that you follow through on this important campaign promise made by Mr. Trump. Given the pervasiveness of obscenity, it's our recommendation that you declare the prosecution of obscene pornography a criminal justice priority and urge U.S. attorney generals to bring prosecutions against the major producers and distributors of such material. We urge you to take this simple yet important step towards protecting the lives those affected by long ignored crimes. We look forward to your response regarding this request and other Department of Justice and other action the Department of Justice is prepared to take in light of these abuses and this is signed by like you said three congressmen and one congresswoman that's correct and also if if you think about why they wrote this letter they wrote this letter because they felt they felt inspired to do their job as Congress as part of Congress um, but when I reached out to all four of these Congress, well, to three congressmen and one woman, and and uh, and I've reached out to all of them, and I even actually called them and left met voicemails, emailed them, and also sent letters, even sent certified letters. I've yet to have a response. Wow. Yeah. So again, it's up to us, folks. You know, we we have borders that aren't enforced, <laughs> and the borders to your children's minds, yeah, definitely are not, not enforced. being forced. Yeah. So it's up to us to protect them. But you can see how, you know, the Bible's very clear that that the one who trains the child is the one that determines where the generation is going to go, and we have allowed a generation to be corrupted and contaminated. And that's what's going on here. That's why your children are so important. That's why they want in the school. That's why they want to parade their aberrant sexuality before our children. That's why that button is already set to open up to the worst of the worst. It's not set for the safest. They're not interested in the safe. 
That's their priority to make that available. It would be so inconvenient for somebody that wants to look at that stuff to have to click a button. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's how it, they want this to be. This is what they're pushing. One of the things that, that as I was inspired to do my research on this, um, it, you know, when it says uh, aggressiveness towards women, mm-hmm. um, we have about 86% of our school teachers are women. And um, there was in the, the recent study that was done through the, um, the uh, National Education uh, Service, um, what is it called? It's called the National Education Association. And they said that there was over almost a million, 960,000 teachers who had came forward stating that they had been groped or aggressively sexually attacked by their students. If you think about this, what he, they also went on to say in that article was that it's estimated that 89% of the teachers would not come forward that were, that had been attacked Mm. for fear of, of repercussions by the school system or by the parents if they were to accuse their child. So now you've got a parent or now you've got a teacher that is no longer allowed to discipline a child but they're more in the, uh, in the relation of tolerance. So they've replaced discipline with tolerance. Now, you, now you've got all these teachers that are dropping out, and so they've increased a triple increase. So now a, a teacher with, starts, it used to be twenty six, twenty eight thousand dollars $28,000 a year to start, now is, is almost forty three, $44,000 here in the state of Florida. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're just saying, hey, you need to come in here and you, and you need to tolerate it. Mm. Well, you know, personal story, you can, when a child has been exposed to porn, I've been around other people's kids and, you know, their behavior is different. A child that has seen porn behaves differently around other children. Mm -hmm. Like there's a, um, there's this one child, he was like five or six when he had seen it a few times and I, and I confronted my friend about it. Like what, what's going on? Cause when my friends would come over there and I bring my kids, he would always try and get the kids naked. And he was, you know, maybe seven. And he would always try and get the kids naked. And you're like, what's going on here? Like, you know, and that's why I'm like, you know what? Until you address this with your child, I'm not bringing my, ch- my child over here to play with your kid. It's just not going to happen because my children haven't been exposed to that stuff. But there's a curiosity that children naturally have. And that's a healthy thing. But when we've exposed them to something that is so far beyond their brain to comprehend you know, they want to act out what they've seen. Children um, mimic us as adults, right? And so when they see this, of course, there's a part of them that wants to mimic this behavior, which is really frightening. And we've experienced that, of course, with our some of our, you know, the kids, yada, 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 that are mm-hmm. running around, blah, blah, blah. When they get the phones, all of a sudden, now they're over there, you know, in their little cluster, and all of a sudden, you know, yeah, it you happens. They're, they're teenage boys. You know, all of a sudden, girls are the most important thing in the world, and you can see what's really going on. And so we've had to distance, you know, some of our our children from some of what's yeah, happening here. because We call know, them worldly children. Like, mm, well, you know, we what are you going to do? You know, yeah. your kids aren't ready for this, right? And this is just the reality that, that, that we live in. And so you can see the damaging effects of pornography, not just because it affects our relationships, but I just loved how you brought out the trust. Mm-hmm. It makes them distrust right from the very, very beginning. It isolates them. It's, it's addictive. Do you see what I'm saying? And we have everybody 
involved from the from the internet to the search companies to the cell phone companies to our own government right. is complicit with allowing this to happen not even enforcing their own laws yeah, silence is an acquiesce mm-hmm. and so this is why we're seeing a generation that's being you know people are wondering what's going on in america well it, it goes back to something that happened in deuteronomy 6 6 mm-hmm. they were brought into the promised land mm-hmm. and they were told how to keep it it said to teach your children diligently mm-hmm. well we have allowed these people to come in and teach our children something different from from evolution on up and you can see where this is mushroomed into a generation that does not value virtually any of the of the classic you know judeo-christian ethics the very things that built this country into into what it is and everybody reaps what they sow and we've been reaping what the previous generations have sowed but now you can see there's a new generation and this generation is being targeted by all of those groups that you mentioned one of the things that um, we did when we first when i first realized that we had this this problem i wanted the double coverage so what I did was I hired a tech company to come in and create a filter on my Wi-Fi hmm. so that whoever comes into my home, even if they don't have their parental control set, they're still not going to watch pornography on my property. So we hired a company and they came in and put in a product called Sophos. It's S-O-P-H-O-S. And that um, will not allow it to come into the building. So it can't come into the home, into your home. It's the same program that most of our public schools and libraries use. Now, keeping in mind that unlimited data allows children to turn off the Wi-Fi and still have access to videos. However, mm. it eats up the data, and and if they have unlimited data, then then it's not going to be a problem because it's not going to show up on on Dad's bill. Um, so they, if they have the unlimited data, they can turn off the Wi-Fi. But it works a lot slower, and it's very discouraging when you don't have the Wi-Fi to have the Internet capabilities for viewing videos. Thanks. So really quickly, just so that people that are listening, in case they want to do this, how easy is this to do on your cell phone? Um, It's pretty easy. So basically, you're going to go to your settings. Okay. You're going to scroll down to screen time. Now this is on a this is on an Apple phone. So on an Android it's a little bit different. Okay. Now at the bottom of the screen it's going to say screen time off or screen time on. Okay. Now you're going to click on the off because you don't want it to be off. You want it to be on. Okay. And I'm going to put my password in and now my screen time is on. Okay. And so if I go to turn that off, then it's going to ask me to um, give me my passcode. And we recommend that you find a passcode that there's no way your kid's gonna be able to figure it out. Okay. Because if the kid does figure it out and he turns it off, then, it, then he, does ha- he or she does have access to it. But if, if let's say she, he, they go in there to try to figure it out, they get three tries. And if it doesn't, they'll, it'll lock the whole phone down. Okay. And so a little screen comes up when you do that and you enter a code for it and it says turn screen time on and then it says it'll give you weekly stats and all those things. Just scroll to the bottom of that and hit the turn screen time. And if on. it's your if it's your child's cell phone it's gonna ask you, is it your child's cell phone? Say yes. Don't set parameters meaning that they can have it they can have access to the internet during certain times of the day. I just don't recommend it because one day you may not be there 
to protect them um, and they may you never know what your schedule is going to do and so I, I recommend just putting it on all the time if your child wants to go to a particular website that it does not it restricts them from you put the passcode in don't let the kids see it and then it'll open that particular uh, website up if in the event that website is a legitimate website and and, and healthy form guys that literally took two seconds um so extremely helpful like i said we are going to post uh the qr code that people can scan to that will walk them through it as well this has been extremely helpful kevin had to take off early but i just want to say thank you so much for coming today we really appreciate the information um how can people get in, a in touch with you and how can they get involved well you can go to my and email me at T, uh, T. Williams at POCP.org, or you can go to our website at POCP.org, and you can see all of the necessary information that would help you to download or to turn on the parental controls, whether it be an Android or a uh, Apple phone, as well as in Spanish and in English. I think we need to get a march going or something yeah. so that they can see all the people that, that care about this issue. I think yeah. it's really easy if we stand separate mm -hmm. um, from one another, but when we join together and they see how many of us care, then maybe that'll motivate them to do something. I think one of the biggest problems that we're going to run into is, is such a it's such an embarrassing thing um, that if a person, a child or an adult is, is addicted to pornography, it's one of the things that from the pulpit you can say you've, you've recovered from alcohol, you've recovered from drugs, you've recovered from this or that. But if you say you've recovered from addiction to porn, you lose and an, you gain an immediate uh, uh, title. Stigma, um, yeah. Yeah, stigma. And the next thing you know, no one no one wants to trust you. Everybody kind of labels you. And it's unfortunate that that um, that happens, but it does. And that's what deters people from wanting to, sit, to admit that they've even watched it, well alone being addicted to it. That's true. And But the truth is that, you know, if you do admit it and, and you get recovered from it, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. Because if you're telling us that 70 to 80% of men you know, over a certain age are viewing it, then you're definitely not alone. You just may be alone in admitting it in your group, but the truth is, is you're not alone. I'm going to tell you, there's, there's some keys to understanding uh, pornography and the addiction of it. And one of the biggest keys is shame. So how does shame exist? Shame exists when we don't accept the forgiveness that God has given to us through his son, Christ. So what happens is, is we confess something and we say we're forgiven, but in our heart, we don't believe it because tomorrow we confess the same thing we did yesterday and the same thing we did the day before. So you never really receive the, the forgiveness. Therefore, you carry the shame. And so often when we have the shame, we are living in a life of hopelessness. So the key is receiving accepting it and thanking god for the forgiveness and if it comes back up in your brain tomorrow that you did this horrible horrific thing then you confess you don't need to confess it again you need to thank god for giving him giving you the ability to forgive it it doesn't mean you've accepted that it's acceptable sin it just means that you're not going to carry that load anymore that's god's job amen I love that. Well, we thank you guys for listening today. If you have any questions, please feel free to get a hold of us, supernaturaljunkies.com. We have Tim's information on there. Again, we will put that in the show notes. We thank you guys so much and have a blessed week. Thank you very much for having me.
Dr. Dozer, tell people how they can find out more information about you and your ministry, Word of Grace and Truth Ministries. Uh, you can go on uh, uh, wogatministries.com or wordofgraceandtruthministries.com. Uh, and there you'll find our website and you'll get a, a good degree of information about our ministry. We're located at 3001 East Hannah Avenue. That is in Tampa, Florida. Our zip is 33610. The number is 813-903-8822. And our Sunday morning worship services begin at 1030 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we have our night of impartation or Bible study at 7 p.m. I would like to say that this Wednesday, we will be having movie night, and we'll be showing Harbinger 2. Awesome. That's awesome. Also, don't you have a YouTube channel? Oh, yes, yes. You can um, you can watch our services live on wogat.sermon.net. Uh, uh, you can also watch them on YouTube, and you can watch them on Facebook Live. Awesome. Thank you so much. You guys have a blessed week. Hey, this is Dr. Kevin again, talking to you about Pro Tandem, and it's why we've changed many things in our office to revolve around an anti-aging program. Not only did it help me boost my thyroid, which is really kind of an untreatable thing when it comes to nutritional, but we also saw my testosterone go up. We also saw my cholesterol go down, and of course, my blood pressure go down. We've seen remarkable things happen in multiple people. This is because there is more science behind Pro Tandem than almost any product on the market. The biggest thing oxidative stress just like the silver in your house tarnishes so does every single cell in your body but when you take pro tandem you can reverse that process not by taking more antioxidants but by making more antioxidants and of course we're talking about the super antioxidant glutathione not only does glutathione function as an antioxidant, but it also functions as an anti-inflammatory. And this can help with a lot of autoimmune disorders. So go to the supernaturaljunkies.lifevantage.com, the Tri-Synergizer under anti-aging products. <laughs>